Hi everyone, welcome back to the 10th episode of UCC's Talking Pictures podcast. I am your host Shannon and I am delighted to announce that today with me is the wonderful Saif Malin who has recently had the lead roles in Lights Out and Dubliners Recording Exchange as well as making appearances in Conversations with Friends and Love Rosie. Very recently Saif has set up Philomena Theatre Productions which will be debuting its first production in September. Not too much I can talk about, but it's very exciting news and I'll be discussing everything Philomena Theatre Productions with Saif today. I'm super glad to have Saif with me here today and I suppose we'll get started. Hi Saif, how are you? Is it Saif Malin or the Saif Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm amazed that you got that. Yeah, because um, I thought it was Saif Malin, but then I was listening to an interview you did with, I think it was the Drama Graduate Podcast, and oh, yeah, then I was yeah, like, yeah. Saif Malin, and I was like, sweating nervously, I was like, oh god, that's not what I was going to say, but um, everyone, everyone gets it wrong, yes. don't worry. Okay, I shouldn't have given that away, I should have been like, yeah, I, I knew it was Malin before, then, so. <laughs> I know, I was amazed. <laughs> Anyways, how are you getting on, can you tell us a I'm bit about good. yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Jesus, a bit about myself. Well, I, I'm actually living in London at the moment. So I am in London. Yeah, I moved here in December. So still very much in the settling in phase. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm happy out here. I mean, I graduated from the Lear in 2020 and I stayed around Dublin for a while. I grew up in Dublin though. So like, I think the typical experience most people have of like going to college or going to drama school and then sticking around Dublin got I don't know was maybe sped up a bit for me because like I don't know I I spent so much time there and you just know it so well like and I don't want to say I outgrew it because I literally was back home in Dublin yesterday. I like, I guess it is just that thing like you have to leave home to find home. But and like, I fundamentally think I will probably end up there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel very calm and happy there. But for your twenties, that is not a good feeling. So I've come to London. I am definitely in my out of balance, figuring things out, chaotic phase, and loving it. It's <laughs> amazing. Like, what other phase would you want to be in? Like, honestly. Anyway, <laughs> I suppose we'll start with the first question that I ask pretty much everyone. How did you get into acting? Yeah, yes. So, I guess I was always kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say like I wanted to do it all my life, but I think there was very much like from a very young age, like a like deep kind of obsession with like, People like I was always like the child staring, staring, staring at people. And um, I think that was like very much in me. And I was like, I think I was always like quite an observer. And yeah. And I uh, and then growing up, my like childhood best friend, Molly, who I've known since I was two, her mom and her godfather, ran a performing arts school called the National Performing Arts School, MPAS, which so many Dublin actors and creatives and stuff all kind of started in. But I suppose if I hadn't met Molly at such a young age, I mightn't have ended up going there because like stage school and things like that were like not uh, not really in our family. Like my parents were like very supportive of the arts and like really kind of, creative people but like 
we weren't really the family who were like, go to state school, you know. But I think I and even still, me and Molly, we started writing Christmas shows together and um, like directing all the kids on the road to be in them. And then every yeah, every Christmas Eve, we'd perform them and all the parents would come into our friend Julia's kitchen and watch us. And I would spend from like July up till December writing this script and my car- my recurring role was a character called Evie the Elf. Like uh. it was huge. Like it was and, and like we put so much into it. Like we had rehearsals for months and like bought costumes and had like like ju- I just put so much into it. So we were doing that before and then when I was maybe like nine or ten I started going to MPAS and like felt very at home there and did like loads of shows with them and like all my like drama exams and like loads of singing and yeah like it was a huge part of my childhood Un- up until like I was like 18 I was I was like teaching there a bit like as a young adult adult whatever <laughs> but um I suppose that is kind of the path and how I got there I, like and sometimes I'm like I wonder what I be doing this if I hadn't like grown up with Molly because like it was so in her family and it was like the natural progression for Molly because her mom was an actor and Eamon you know they had the school and stuff and like I always wanted to deal with people or like connect with people or like tell stories like and like even when I'm going through like a wobble now with like writing and like making and stuff and I'm like oh god like everyone's so much better than me uh, which is you know we all go through that and like why am I doing this like this is so silly and so like I really remember like my seven-year-old self like sat at our big Apple Mac computer like writing these scripts <laughs> and I'm like okay like there is a reason like I've been doing this a long time there must be something behind it so yeah that's a bit of a long-winded answer but <laughs> honestly that's so cool though have you always been writing so if you were starting that young yeah like I think I was writing almost before I was acting like but I was even still like I was writing and being in the stuff and or even like before I wrote those Christmas shows like I was writing like songs and like putting on shows at like family dinners and stuff. And I don't really know what that is, but I think I think it goes back to that thing. Like I was just really obsessed with people and like observing, which I kind of cringe at saying, like being like, I'm oh. such an observer. But I think I do think that's that's why I'm doing it. I think I just I don't know, I just like watching people. Even still, I do. Like, you know what I find so funny when people are, like, talking about um, insecurity and they're like, no one is watching you. Like, everyone's just watching themselves. And it is true, but I find it hard to believe because I'm like, but I'm constantly staring at people. And, like, people will look back at me as if to be like, stop looking at me. I'm like, I can't stop watching. Like, so... um, I actually love that. It gives off the vibe of like no one would remembers like that embarrassing thing you did five years ago. And it's like, but Sai remembers though. She's thinking about it right now. <laughs> I'm probably, and I'm probably not thinking it's embarrassing. I'm probably kind of, you know, I don't know, thinking nothing of it. But like, I don't know. I just really, 
I don't know. It's I find it really cringy being like, no. I'm such a people watcher, but I fucking am. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I am the same. Even if you say that you remember stuff and you don't think it's embarrassing, I definitely do remember like people's worst parts, which isn't comforting to anyone I know. I'm so <laughs> sorry, but it's true. You should stop doing embarrassing things. But uh, no, honestly, that's so fine. But um, anyway, I suppose I want to ask as well, you appeared very briefly in Love, Rosie. How did that come about? And what was it like just being with Billy Collins in a scene? Like, I know, she's so cool, isn't she? Yeah, so that's stage school MPAS. They had, like, uh, an agency that, that, and they still do, actually. And the kids are, like, constantly working and doing amazing jobs. Uh, yeah, I suppose, like, Again, my family so was not stage schooling and stuff. So I was just like part of this agency and me and Molly would be going to like auditions for like ads and stuff and like the odd like TV or film thing or whatever. Um, and like, I just didn't really get it. Like I was so naive. And just because no one in my family had done anything like this before. And I just didn't really get it. And I also was like, didn't really watch that much TV as a young person at all. Didn't really watch so many films, like was constantly just kind of out riding my bike. Um, and yeah, we went to a few auditions and I found it really exciting, but again, like very naive, like didn't really guess what you were doing in the room and stuff. But when I was like 15, I think, a few of the girls were auditioning for this film called Love Rosie. And I remember I got the script and I remember, I remember really well, trying really hard with the script like I actually remember that <laughs> like asking my mom questions about what words meant and stuff but yeah I did the audition and I remember like they were like laughing loads and I was like that's cool but like again I just was so naive about the whole thing because I was young and didn't really get it and stuff and then I remember Jill Molly's mom who ran the stage school we were neighbours, we grew up on the same road and she was like, oh, Sive, you've been penciled for that part. And I was like, what does penciled mean? Like, I had no idea. And then they were like, it means they're between you and another person. And I was like, like, just like head in the clouds, like, oh, I wonder what that means. And then I was like in my drama class or something and they came around and like, yeah, they want you. And I was like, what? Like, I remember I like, I still just didn't really get it. Um, and then I did it. And like, uh, yeah, I remember I told my friend Jack and he was like, what, Lily Collins? And Sam Cobb, like, he knew who they were. And like, I hate to admit it, but like, I really didn't. Like, and then like, after I'd filmed it and stuff, I realized I'd like seen a film with Lily Collins. And I was like, <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, like I was just so naive to the whole thing that I didn't really understand how big of a thing it was. And yeah, I was so like not a not a showbiz kid, like and like didn't really know how to like behave on set or like how to chat to people or like but everyone was so nice and like welcoming and like we were so young and they were just so like I remember just being like there and I was like oh my god I want to do this every day and like obviously the acting part was so fun but I was just so like amazed at how nice everybody was like and so yeah it was such a good experience and Lily Collins was so lovely and uh, like I definitely got the bug because 
of how like pleasant an experience it was. And I think like a lot of people who do things at a young age have the same experience because they really have to mind you. And so, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was, it was really nice. <laughs> I think that's so cool because I feel like Love Rosie is one of those films that everyone, every girl saw. Now, I was even like looking up videos of yesterday and I was like, oh my God, this edit has 30 million views. And I was like, that was peak like Tumblr era. But um, <laughs> anyway, moving on, I suppose, to college, you studied at the Lear, which is absolutely amazing because I, I heard it's like rather difficult to get into. And also the program, I, I heard it's quite intense as well. What was the process of getting in and what was your time there like as well? So I left school and I did the foundation course and I really, really loved it. But again, a bit naive, a bit young, like um, loved it. But like kind of knew in myself that I maybe had a bit of copping on to do, I guess. So took a gap year after that. And within that gap year, I, I remember on like the 1st of September saying to myself, like, I'm getting in next year. And... I, yeah, I just worked really, really hard in my auditions. And it's funny because like, I'm so lucky I got in because I was so like absolute about the fact that I was getting in. But like, it's, I mean, I think I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm really grateful that I got in after being so certain that I would because like, I don't know, like people, there's so much talent and people work so hard um, and they're, I suppose they're forming an ensemble. So it, it you know, it, it can, you can sometimes be so ready and so perfect for it, but I don't know, you, it mightn't fit in the picture of what the year that is being made or whatever. But yeah, I just, I worked really hard and, um, I got in and I was like, I remember saying to my mom when I got in, I'm never going to be unhappy again, <laughs> which is just hilarious. But yeah. And then my time there was like, it's actually a blur. Like we, like I live with three other girls who also went to the Lear at the moment. We constantly just kind of reminisce on times there. And like, you feel like you're talking about a different person. Like you're so, it's just a blur. Like I remember drips and drabs. I remember loads of it, but there's so much I don't remember. And I think in my experience anyway, like the training, like it's in me somewhere, but I don't remember so much of it. And um, I think I just swallowed loads of it. And yeah, like it was just mad. And I think as well, when a group of young people who all have a, similar passion and love and drive come together it's just quite intense because you all care so deeply about it and the experience that like it's just it's not like the real world I guess like you come out and you kind of take a big deep breath and you're like did that actually just happen <laughs> you know <laughs> but like some of the happiest happiest times of my life were there and some really hard times but all I think really constructive positive things too 
Well, yeah, you share so much and go through so much with this group of people. And like, we were really lucky to have such a like lovely, supportive year group that like all really, really wanted the best for each other. So I think, yeah, I'm definitely really grateful for that. So yeah, it was good though. <laughs> I really want to know, is there anything like about drama school that you wish people knew that they might not know? Because it's just such a unique kind of, I suppose third level education to go into like is there anything that you think people don't know that they should know or that you think would be cool to know yeah I I think as well when you really want to get in you're so set on that prize that I think when you get it you forget like what's gonna come after that and I think that's with every milestone in life like you just focus on that and then you forget that after it's gonna get hard Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably a reality that I think when you're really focused on getting in, you forget about. But I think I think something I've been thinking about a lot, and I'm almost like reluctant to say this, but I think something I've really thought about since leaving and I've talked to a lot of people about, and I think it goes across uh, a lot of creative courses, but I think there is a lot of pressure when you get in to become this yeah. perfect goods that you'll be able to be worth worth hiring at the end and I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to be this perfect hireable object when we leave that I think a lot of kind of issues around like like food and exercise and stuff really start happening and I think yeah I like I've spoken to a lot of people I know know it's something people really come up against and doesn't really get spoken about because I don't know I suppose it is a bit of a norm within the industry which is really heartbreaking and yeah that's something I've definitely thought about a lot since leaving like how do we build in you know drama school is such an incredible opportunity to build an industry from the inside out and like I would love a people to start talking about the fact that first of all you're bloody wrecked in drama school if there's any time to be dieting and over exercising then is not the time yeah I don't know I would love I would love that to be a conversation that started because I think it's a really incredible opportunity to yeah like I said like build an industry from the inside out and you know there's such a conversation around like body positivity and and good relations with food and exercise but it seems to be kind of a bit grayer in creative industries because, you know, the whatever that's the in, oh, I don't want to say whatever that's the industry, but it, we do feel a bit stuck mm-hmm. in the industry about like how we think about bodies and stuff. And yeah. It's a hard conversation, I think, because like what you said, even from the outside, like it is really ingrained that you should look a certain way that I imagine if you even mm. thought like, okay I don't want to do that you know it'll be harder to get roles and it shouldn't be that way but like it might be yeah. that way like that's just I'm actually really glad you brought that up because um, it's something yeah. that people have told me because they like there really isn't any discussion that like maybe this isn't the way to do it but like there's always yeah. not a choice um I want to ask as well you talk about like coming out and being like trying to be the perfect person to hire do you think like since normal people came out that there's a lot more pressure on like Lear graduates to 
succeed because I remember reading an article all oh, years like the breeding ground for the future generation of Irish actors because of normal people like do you feel like there's more pressure now to succeed because of the success of the show before normal people individuals will put a certain degree of pressure on themselves anyway because it's uh, an industry with more actors and artists than there are jobs so I do think that pressure already existed I think now this might be just my experience and other people could feel, feel differently but I think it does feel like there's um more concentrated eye on the actors coming out and maybe some sort of expectation of what they will be like can deliver and they're all brilliant so they can deliver anything you want them to but I do think there is um, maybe a bit more like just more of a focused eye. And I suppose that becomes pressure. But, you know, and I think as well, like after the incredible like success of normal people and conversations, like like there is, you know, that journey where you can come out and walk into this incredible job. Yeah, I suppose. And I suppose as well now after the massive success of the shows, like, new eyes are looking in that direction and that can be a bit nervy but I do think as well like so much of the training is rooted in theatre and you're really encouraged to like make your own work and you're very much told about the hard parts about the industry so while I think there is maybe this hunger for what could be and based off like what we've seen um, some of your actors like bounce up to I do think there is the knowledge that that's one in a million and it's bizarre and hilariously rare and amazing but that there's also that grafting path is <laughs> it's also very you know there <laughs> yeah I feel like people don't realize like say the Paul Meskel or Alison Oliver aspect of like coming out and just getting a really big job is so unusual. It's really rare. Like, like most people oh, are decades. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So, and like, you know, no better people, like the loveliest, most perfect. I mean, I'm talking about Alison Mark. Well, well, both of them, but <laughs> no, I, agree. I don't know. I, pa- I don't She's know Paul on the same level. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> just perfect lovely genuine really kind people that like you know they deserve the world but um yeah it's super super rare and um yeah and I think people know that you know I think it's more people on the outside looking in that's like oh you know you know is that gonna happen to you and you're like no (laughs) but I think anyone who um studies in a drama school or you know, dips their toe in the industry knows that that's crazy, crazy rare. And if it happens, brilliant. If it doesn't, brilliant. (laughs) One thing I really wanted to ask you about is obviously very recently you have set up the Philomena Theatre Production Company. Can you please tell me how that came about? Because it's, it sounds like amazing. Like she put up um, a short video uh, called Peel and it's like spoken word music it's absolutely beautiful so I would write a little bit and then I saw I listened to that and I was like okay I actually don't know how to write that's so fine but um yeah oh my god not at all <laughs> that's so nice thank you so much and definitely 
keep riding and no that yeah anyway um that's so nice to hear thank you how did it come about yeah so i i mean yeah like i said going back to my roots i always knew i really like i knew from a very young age i really wanted to make my own work and like i think that's at the very kind of core of like what i want to do like I really, really want to write and be in and produce and all that. So uh, about two years ago, I started working, making, you know, kind of taking more seriously and starting apply for starting to apply for funding. And I've been in development for a play called Fuss for about two years. I've kind of taken a bit of a step back from it uh, just at the moment, just like letting it breathe in the background. But I wrote that and got a really brilliant like team on board to, you know, workshop and develop it. And I got some funding, which was just so funny to me because I loved doing it. Like it was just so gas to me that I could get paid to do it. And so I worked away at that for like, yeah, like in the right, like, on and off about two years like some really intense patches with it and some time apart from it to kind of like just kind of you know feel when I'd need to come back to it and stuff from there I guess I learned kind of the hard way how hard it is to mount a show particularly a big play that the play that I wrote that that play is you know it's like five actors and it's it's probably not the most ideal play to write as your first one because it's just needs a lot. So I guess I learned the hard way um, that I, I, you know, I'd need to kind of think about the steps a bit more. And um, me and uh, my, and I'd always been writing those kind of poetry things. And, you know, I've always been really, really interested in and wanting to collaborate with other art forms. And I don't know what that is. I think there is, people are so brilliant at things that I don't have a clue how to do. And I just find that so exciting when those two mesh and your thing and their brilliant thing comes together and like the fire that that creates. Like, I just think that's so class. And one of my best friends from school, Sinead, is studying creative producing. And just through a few conversations, we just kind of decided to go for it and set up a company. And we started talking about like the work we wanted to make and stuff. And we started writing a play together and kind of it just kind of got born. And I had written Peel a while ago and I thought about the a video that could go with it and my friend Holly, who I've worked with like another time before, I showed her the piece and she said she'd make music for it. And like, yeah, that's kind of how it was born. Like kind of just through like, I don't know, I don't want to say by accident, but like it wasn't like I was like, I'm going to set up a theatre company. And, you know, it kind of did just kind of come out of like happy, lovely accidents. And now I'm like so happy and I see such a future with it and like something I really, really want to build on. And like, I don't know, I'm just really excited about it and like about where it's going to take us. And like, I'd love to be, you know, able to produce work with it, like at a professional level. And yeah, it's just really exciting. And like, it's cool to kind of be in a position where we can kind of lead it and you know, and we can make work that we believe in. And, you know, we're still so much at the start of the journey, but I'm really excited about it. Yeah. One thing I love asking writers, is there any specific theme or topic that you keep drawing back to to write about? Because 
I only noticed it like last year in my own writing. I was like, wow, I keep writing the same thing again and again. <laughs> oh my God, interesting. Um, I think I am, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still so at the start of my writing journey, but I think at the moment from what I have written, I think I'm very interested in like kind of, I guess the like extraordinariness of very ordinary lives. Um, I think fundamentally I'm really interested in like character and I think story and plot and stuff like is more like a vessel for me to really do like good character work. Like I'm really, I think, you know, I could kind of, I could kind of watch someone kind of scrub a toilet if it was like characterful or like if there was something behind it. Like I find really heady things a bit harder to engage with. So I think, yeah, really character driven work. And I think there is quite, I, I'd love to think that it like toes the line between like real, real darkness and real humor. Uh-huh. Like I, th- I think so far. It's funny and also very dark. But yeah, I think I'm still figuring it out a bit, but yeah. I actually think that's uh, super fascinating though, because like what you said about like the extraordinariness of ordinary events, like do you ever like look back at your own life and think of like all the small ordinary events that just happened to happen and just fell into place to where you are now, like the production company? Like, do you ever look at life like that or would you be very cynical, like, oh, no, this just happened? Or do you think, wow, universe, go you, girl? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Definitely. I I mean, I think, yeah, life is filled with so many, like, little happy accidents. And I go through real phases of being like, everything happens for a reason and nothing makes any sense. And everything is, yeah, like, happy accidents. But it is lovely to, like, kind of, I suppose, like, watch the evolution of where you are now and um you know see how you've gotten to where you are and like I think I can very kind of clearly look back on my life and be like oh my god this it all makes sense that I'm here and like which is I think really helpful on days that you're really doubting yourself and uh where you are which like I mean I think any one in the arts knows how often and how strong those days can come so yeah I guess it is helpful to be like okay but look this proof is there and look at that journey and it's all mapped out and I'm supposed to be here I'm supposed to be here I'm supposed to be here (laughs) yeah yeah just going back to character very briefly is there any character if someone gave you the option to play in terms of personality like who would you like to do like would you like to do like American Psycho Patrick Bateman sociopath type or like someone just very chill very funny like what would be your ideal character to play a lot of theater parts I like love like I love playing like very I suppose like little outsider strange parts I don't know that that's kind of sounds a bit judgmental on the characters but (laughs) so I mean there's so many parts I want to play and like every part is there's so much to be found but I think like a dream part for me. I don't know. I actually couldn't even tell you. There's so many of them. I love like Laura and the Glass Menagerie and like Alma and Summer and Smoke, which is funny that they're like two Tennessee Williams plays. And like, I love playing like the fool characters and like Shakespeare and yeah, like just kind of, 
<laughs> the little weirdos. <laughs> I love them. I love them so much. <laughs> I absolutely love that. You're like, she's so quirky. I want to be her. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. that's so cringe. <laughs> no. it's, it's not like other girls. No, I'm just joking. It's so fine. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, what you mentioned earlier as well about saying, like, when you're able to look back at stuff to help you on days that might be a bit harder for actors. I a lot of actors I spoke to they they're talking about like you can have a really solid part for a few months or a few weeks and then after that it'll be like a dry spell and that can sometimes be like very hard to deal with when people kind of expect you to have like a steady flow of jobs like if you have experienced that like what recommendations would you give for any actors who are going through that or just how to deal with it oh my god i definitely need advice on this so uh please i will definitely be reviewing the other actors answers i think the thing about any creative no any industry anything in life where um you have to find your way so anything i think you can get advice from people but i think you need to also learn it and learn maybe a lot of the time the hard way. And I think I'm still figuring it out. There's advice that I would have heard from other actors about how to deal with your spare time, what to do when you're not working and stuff that like just isn't going to work for me. I think you do to a degree have to just go through it and see what what makes you uncomfortable about it what makes you comfortable about like do you want to have a job when you're not working do you need to have a job if so what kind of job do you need to have like everyone's life and lifestyle is so different and I think it's hard like but it's not hard for everybody as well so for me to say oh oh you should do this or this is what I do I think maybe isn't even helpful because I don't think I've even found how I deal with that yet. I know like when I'm not working as an actor, I love writing and stuff, but sometimes that's hard when you don't have structure in your life or when you're not being creative with other actors in a room. It's hard to get that out of yourself. But at the same time, that space is sometimes brilliant. Like sometimes you'll be like, oh, I really want to just sit back and do nothing. I think it's, yeah, I think it is just a tricky thing and something I'm still definitely learning to deal with. And I still, I don't think I've figured out what my life not working looks like. Like at the moment, because I'm living in London, I'm like definitely working as a barista. And, but that also means that my like creative life is definitely being a bit compromised because sometimes I don't have as much many hours. And um, when I do like, sometimes I'm wrecked and then you're frustrated because you're wrecked from a job that like I really like my barista job but it's not really what I want to do and it's this kind of cycle and I guess yeah I'm very much figuring that out and you know part of me is like oh I'll just risk it and just like enter into a void and see what happens but then I'm like but I need to pay rent so it's just it's a funny thing to figure out and I might be figuring out for the rest of my life and it's also brilliant because you know, I, I can, we can be as many things as we want to be. Like, no one said that you can only be an actor. You can be so many other things. And I think um, 
I think that's starting to really be a really brilliant reality for so many people. I think so many people in the arts are fed this belief that, you know, if you want it, you have to just want it. And that's so suffocating and limiting. But like you can want it just as much as anyone else and also want to bloody do a million other things. And I think that's great. Um, yeah. Yeah, I actually really like that answer because it seems to be the primary focus of literally everyone I've spoken to. They're just like, yeah, there's just going to be a period where you're not working and people just have no clue about that. So basically the emphasis is like no to capitalism, guys. Like you should not have to work to follow your dreams. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Preach. Sorry. No, sorry. This is literally first year college. Everyone's like, oh, why do people hate capitalism? And it's like one year later, it's like, oh, that's it. That's why. <laughs> okay, I swear, like, this is not like a socialist podcast or anything. This is really <laughs> Anyways, I suppose drawing back to the more lighter hearted questions. If you had like the option to work with any director or actor, who would it be? Oh, my God. Okay. Um, There's a list. <laughs> there are. I probably have top three top three top ones um so uh, andrea arnold oh yeah she's i love her amazing i think um uh, andrea arnold kathy brady is probably like my favorite irish director i think her work is like just incredible and and like i think like thematically and like feeling it's like everything i really really want to do and then like I think because of the path I really want to go down of like acting and writing, like I just find like people like Michaela Cole and Ashton B and like Phoebe Waller-Bridge just like incredible and um, and like Sharon Horgan, like they're such inspirations for me. So that would be like insane. Like, yeah, they're, they're like just I like female heavy stuff yeah, and and like there's loads of actors there's like the list goes on but like I suppose yeah now as like someone who really wants to write and act they'd be like really at the kind of forefront of like people I think about a lot of of, like as inspirations and yeah oh my god working with them would just be like mind-blowing I think great answer Um, I recommend all of these people too. You should watch them. Um, yeah. I'm going to try a different format today that I haven't done before. And that is picking, mm-hmm. there's like five different questions. And uh-huh. you pick between whatever, one and five, until you get the okay. question. I'm not going to lie. I picked these from like a random question generator. And some of them were really weird. And I didn't include them. They're like, if you were a vegetable, what vegetable would you be? Oh my God. I could answer that in a heartbeat. Broccoli, 100%. <laughs> Why? Why was that so short? I don't know. I I love broccoli. I'm a big foodie. I don't know. I, I just with the broccoli, you know, solid trunk, party happening at the top, sturdy, soft. Everything's happening. It's I, perfect. I think if I put up like any video, like clips from this, I'm just going to put it that, but like without the question and just have you going like sturdy, party on the top like that I want to give the idea that this podcast is about something different that I've been selling but that's a great answer like oh my god I love it a surprisingly good answer like I'm so impressed thank you so much I'm happy with it (laughs) you're like that's it that's what I came here to do okay um yeah I'm like my work here is done (laughs) you're like this is what Philomena Peter wants like we want like it started with oranges now we're moving to broccoli like we're hitting the big leaves we are moving on to broccoli girls I love it 
Okay, so actually we have ten questions here. So like, do you, can you pick a number between okay. one and ten? Wait, I don't know if I can you. You probably can. Can I though? That's the real question. Okay, let's do let's do two. Two. If you could play any character from a book or pre-existing material, who would it be? What book have I been reading recently? Okay, let me think about this. I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna say Jane Eyre. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, why have I read such like male, male character driven books? But I'm also reading, um, oh yeah, The Lesser Bohemians. Oh, yeah, okay. and there's an incredible female part in that that I would, I would eat up and I would love to play. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say Jane Eyre because I actually did that. We, we did a thing in the Lear where you um, kind of focus on the inner life of like a book character for like, 12 weeks or something and I did Jane Eyre and I think she just like really holds a very special place in my heart now because of that did you mm. did you, would, like would you did you get very attached because 12 weeks is a very long time to be yeah. so you do it's this thing called solo dance and you uh it's not like choreographed dance at all but you pick a piece of music and you kind of map out the like emotional beats of their entire life and you uh I suppose it's like a way to kind of if you're playing that part before you go on stage, kind of remember everything that they have ever felt um, and a way to really, I don't know, I suppose it's a, a, a way to step into character. Um, and um, yeah, I just really love doing it and just felt a lot doing it and I loved reading it. And like growing up, I was not a big reader at all. So like reading that big chunky book and loving it, <laughs> like I think it made me a reader as well, which is... Oh, wow. Which is good. That's yeah. it. So cool. I wish we had the Lear training at UCC, but we don't. But something <laughs> Never too late. <laughs> do you have another number? Oh, yeah. Let's do five. If you were a Barbie, what would your tagline be? You know, like the meme lately that's like, this Barbie is this. What would Saif Mal- Malin's be? Oh, my God. What a question. What a question. Oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> what would mine be? Okay. Don't worry, you can take as many tries as you want. Sorry, I love this is like opening up like a really deep part of you that we didn't see. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, wow, layers. This this Barbie can't stop eating almond butter. Oh my god, I hate it. Yeah, but anyway. No, I like that. That's good. I that's a great one. I think I'm gonna ask this every week now, even like long after the movie comes out, because this is the hardest question I've given anyone. Ever. Oh my god, that absolutely stumped me. <laughs> I love that though. That that's going to be the tagline for today's post. This Barbie is eating almond butter. So yeah, <laughs> yeah she is. So there's well, not that there's two more numbers, but there's two more questions you can pick. What number? Okay. Next? Let's do one. One. What's something you learned in the last week? It's hard. What's something I learned in the last week? Again, like who am I? Um, the random question generator really popped off today. <laughs> yeah, it's doing really, really well. What's something that I learned in the last week? I learned that Florence Pugh doesn't like water. Wait, you can't start that sentence and not like explain why. Why doesn't she like water? I don't know. I was last night. I was flying home and I was listening to her on the Off Menu podcast and. 
they poured her a glass of water and she was like, I don't want it. I don't like water. And then they talked about it for ages and they didn't like water. I was like, that's so random. Like she like, genuinely doesn't really drink it. That's How can you not drink water? I actually think that's not. At first I thought you meant like she just didn't like water, like the element, like she wouldn't go swimming or something because water, but she doesn't like the drink. That's wow. That's like I know. a fact. Wow. Mm, fascinating, really. Fact of I love fact. water, personally. I, yeah. Hydro homies, yeah. Yeah, hydro yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's a really interesting piece of knowledge that I didn't have. That's what I learned this week. So thank you very much, Sam. Look at you. Yeah, no worries. Life. I am here all night. <laughs> okay, so there is one more question. What uh, number would you like to pick? Okay, let's do 10. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? I'm going to have any what would it be? I'd love to just have like insane, insane stamina and energy. Oh, wow. That's actually a really good idea. Mm, I don't love like resting. I'm not great at like taking it back. Even though like, like I do, I do. But like I'd love to just be able to like, I'd love to just not get tired. That is such And a- just to be able to keep plowing on. I think that's mine. I mean, that's probably such a lame answer because that's probably doable if I just like really <laughs> invested in my health or something. <laughs> no, honestly, that's such a, that's one of the best answers I've ever heard because no one I know is not wrecked. Like, that is so good. Wow. Isn't it so true? We're all just fucking, like, I feel like one day I just woke up and I was wrecked and like it's never been the same since. <laughs> Sorry, that is, that is so true. Yeah. Um, those... Those are absolutely brilliant answers. I suppose just before we wrap it up, advice would you give to any actors trying to break into the industry? Or just advice in general, maybe to your younger self, maybe. Something you think people need to know? I think, and I think if someone had said this to me when I was younger, I would have been like, stop. But I think know why you're doing it. Because I think now I know why I was doing it, but when I was younger... People would, you know, we different teachers who would, you know, be like, what's your why? What's your reason? Like, why do you want to do this? And so, and you'd always be like, like kind of felt a bit caught out by it or, or whatever. All you knew is that you wanted to do it. And sometimes I think that's good enough. You're just like, you know, sometimes it's actually good enough to just go, I don't know, but I know that I want to. Uh, and to own that. I think know why, because I think then when it gets really, really hard, you have something that's like propelling you on and driving you forward that's bigger than just I like being in front of people or you know um yeah I think try find out why and hone in on that like unique reason that is yours and yeah really honor that because your reason for wanting to do it is going to be so different to someone else's and I think if you can honor that then your path is going to be different and it's going to be meaningful and it's going to be rewarding and um you're just gonna like it a lot more yeah and I think it's okay for that to change as well you know I think when I was younger why I wanted to do it was really different to like now why I want to do it I think that would be my advice <laughs> that's really nice advice it's like making me rethink all my life choices at the moment so um oh god yeah thanks for giving me my existential crisis like I wasn't expecting that <laughs> you know we love to see it. Okay. So oh God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think this wraps us up today. Very sadly, because Saib, you were an absolutely fantastic guest to talk to. 
so yeah everyone thank you so much for listening today having Saivon was absolutely amazing I would really recommend following her Instagram page as well as Filomena Theatre Production Company you can also follow on Instagram just to keep up with all of her projects if you haven't already go and watch Peel it is absolutely phenomenal and is probably indicative of the amazing work that is going to come out in the future I really would advise you guys doing that and thanks to Saiv for just being such an amazing guest Saiv do you have any parting words before you leave thank you so much no bother come on anytime please because you were too Uh, too good oh angel thanks (laughs) you're so good at it as well thank you thanks so much okay Mm -hmm. enjoy thank you so much i'll chat to you soon thank you see ya bye bye